Welcome to Illumination by Modern Campus, the leading podcast focused on transformation and change in the higher education space. On today's episode, we speak with Jocelyn Widmer, who is Assistant Provost for Academic Innovation at Texas A&M University. Jocelyn and podcast host Ahmed Alawalia discuss the wider role digital education plays and how land-grant institutions can leverage this new form of education to execute on their missions. Jocelyn Widmer, <laughs> welcome to the Illumination Podcast. It's great to be chatting with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Now we're live at the UPSIA uh, conference. So uh, for anyone who might be listening to this episode and thinking, gee, there sounds like there's a lot of background noise. That's more or less why. Uh, how have you enjoyed the conference so far? We're just starting in on day two here. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, I, I, I think we all agree that the network that UPSIA provides is one that you know just doesn't exist among any other professional organization like this. Mm-hmm. And we've all become so much closer because of what we had to support during COVID and so you know these are friends um, mostly yeah. uh, at this point and yeah. we, we engage so much virtually that it's such a great opportunity to come together face to face and you know really share our, our successes and our challenges among colleagues and friends. Absolutely well you know what's interesting too is when we think about kind of where our profession was almost a decade ago compared to where it is today you know we don't just have deans and directors who are attending this conference. It's a lot of folks with titles like yours, you know, chancellors, vice chancellors, provosts, vice provosts, presidents, vice presidents, because this conversation is elevated beyond being, you know, operational units that exist on the periphery of the institution. These conversations touch everything the modern college or university does. That's, Absolutely. It's an exciting time. It is. It is. And I think I think that segues nicely into what we're going to chat Absolutely. about today. But but for sure, and, and not forgetting about our base and yeah. our students. That's going to be a, a common theme, I, I would imagine, as we chat today. I mean, the students are what drive what we do. Absolutely. And that's what's driving people like myself to come to these types of events to make sure I'm bringing their voice and their experience, but also, um, you know, representing where who we are as an institution to make sure it syncs with with the national landscape. No, absolutely. And, let, and let's get into it. So your your work really revolves around sort of bringing digital education, digital uh, learning opportunities to to students at Texas A&M, which is, of course, a land grant university. It has a formal extension mission. How does digital education engagement start to fit into that broader mission of, of a modern land grant university? Yeah, I think it's a great question. And I think you've got to think about a, a two way street on this one. Um, I mean, I, I hate to reference COVID too much in this sure. conversation, but it, I would be remiss. I mean, it would be the, the hard, you know what? It's so hard not to talk about it, is, it but it is. I mean, everyone's tired of it. And right. Again, for those of you listening, apologies, but it, it's a foundationally shaping factor to where we are today. And an inflection point. Yep. I mean, what we, what we learned really, I mean, this is the anniversary. This is the three year anniversary right. yep. of shifting remote. And what we learned at, at that, you know, just at one moment in time is when you shut a bricks and mortar institution, what you've shut off digitally and what students access um, on campus uh, in terms of of their uh, digital access and digital needs. So interestingly in Texas, we have more unconnected homes than any other state in the the nation. So, um, and that research is done by Connected Nation Mm -hmm. if you're interested. Um, So what, what we've got to think about as land-grant institutions is it's not just bringing our students in and bringing our students to our, our bricks and mortar institution. It's reaching out and then making sure they have the digital infrastructure, um, digital infrastructure support uh, technology. Yeah. You know, it's not just broadband connections, 
so that they can be successful because the reality is is they're not coming for four or six years no to college station or you know yep. wherever no, right. these land-grant institutions are across the nation they need to stay in their communities mm -hmm. and um and that's what i i think we 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 understand that better from the pandemic. Yeah. Now we really need to take action and move forward. Absolutely. And I'm curious, you know, I think we talk a lot about land grant universities. Many, many institutions that have that land grant mission will highlight the land grant mission um, as part of, you know, who they are, what they do, what their mission is. But, hey girl, uh, but one thing I am curious about is why is the that wider role around digital education so often overlooked when it comes to executing on the mission of a land-grant university in 2023? Yeah, that's a great question. And, the, and you know, it's it's not a bad question. And it's it's not like... Uh, it's no, it, no. I think it's, it's more, I'm curious. It's a curiosity. Right. Yeah. And, it's, and it's not one where you can really point to any one thing. Mm -hmm. We... We are institutions that have existed for a very long time yes. around um, Arguably the original public <laughs> universities right? around one core component. Yeah. And um, and it was about coming to these places, very high, high standards of academic excellence and delivering students out into the world to do what what we taught them um, at these particular institutions. So the, it's the deeply seated traditions and excellence yeah. that um, are, you know, a blessing and a, and a, and a bane in this, in this context yeah. is we've got to demonstrate and show and prove a concept that the traditions continue Absolutely. in a digital, a, a digital environment. And again, I think the students are, are a great way to help us illustrate that. I mean, they, they, they want the brand. That's yep. the other thing yes. with these institutions. They are deeply seeped in their brands. And the brand isn't being eroded, uh, on, even on the margins, as we explore uh, more digital pathways. It's what the students want to, to stay in touch with the brand yes. and to seek out the brand. So we've got to adapt. And um, I think, you know, it starts at all levels of leadership. It starts at all levels of type of students. And can they be successful at our institutions and bridging that gap and making sure we're going both ways with what we're putting in place in terms of infrastructure. We will have students who, who want to come and have a face-to-face -face experience, but no doubt they're going to have their phones in their hands. Yes. And three other devices, by yeah. the way. <laughs> well, that's it's, it's interesting you kind of bring that up, right? Because when we talk about digital education or digital engagement, it's not a binary. It's mm -hmm. not about, well, you'll either entirely be digital or you'll entirely be on campus and ne never the two shall meet. It's, sure. it's really about creating pathways to be convenient responsive to what learners want at points in time and I think that's the piece that tends to get lost when we talk about a, a digital environment is it's not so much replacing your physical world right. it's about ameliorating or, or supporting the physical world with enhancing, enhancing the digital the word world. yeah exactly yeah. enhancing the physical world with, yeah. with digital tools yeah absolutely and if you think around uh, think about all the wraparound services and how digitally enhancing those services made them more accessible, particularly mm -hmm. during the pandemic. And I mean, you know, I don't think we've talked about the word access yet. No, no, <laughs> I, I do want to get there. That's yeah. a core component of the yes. institution. And and what what digitally enhanced instruction, support services, um, connections to faculty and peers and staff at these institutions provide is, is access. Is, broadening the access yeah. and that's what I, I think if we can keep that as our guiding light and what what the digital enhancements allow us to do in terms of access it's a no-brainer you can't argue with that no. 
and um, we've we've had some some wonderful successes with with you know key wraparound services that have almost become 100% virtual at this mm -hmm. point because that's what the students demand. Yep. It's about convenience. It's about being in your car and needing support and yep. being near car, sitting somewhere, getting free Wi-Fi yep. and, and needing that support. So, you know, really thinking holistically about the student experience and where the digital inflection points are key to continuity of that digital experience for students is, Absolutely. is where I come at this from. And, and I want to get into sort of tactics and operations here. Sure. So, but before, briefly on the history of, of the land grant and, the, you know, uh, for those of you who, who are, uh, I guess, newer to the concept. So the land grant university was basically established as a way to create more public and, and broad access to higher education, especially for families and for individuals that either weren't looking to a profession like medicine or law or or philosophy, um, but more towards engineering or agriculture technology and, and creating sort of a, it was the first real public movement towards upskilling and reskilling. Um, and then beyond that, the land grant university was, was enhanced by the Morrill Act, which created the opportunity for, for extensions. So basically taking that concept and saying, well, the land grant university has this critical role. The secondary role then is to take the expertise of the university and make it accessible to everyone in the state, which in Texas must have been fun. So when we talk about the land grant mission, the extension mission in 2023, what are some of the things you and your team are doing to create those access points for individuals that are reliant on the mission of the land grant university and are looking for access through those digital means? Sure. I think it's a couple of things and, and scale is something that we can't have this conversation no, and not impossible. talk at scale. Yeah. In a, in Everything's a bigger somewhere. <laughs> in, in Texas. <laughs> and particularly at Texas A&M. I mean, we, as, as a land grant institution, we, we really are across the state. And one of the most important trips I made in my first 90 days was down to McAllen to our higher ed center. Yeah. And it opened my eyes to the type of student the type of learner we serve today and we have not yet served sure and i think as i as you know as you talk to colos across the country i think if there's there's one thing that that keeps us moving forward is there's always that one student who we know we're not yet serving in the way that we should yes and that was you know that was what i what i realized in mcallen and a, a tremendous faculty and staff down there at the higher ed center who are who are doing really interesting, uh, really interesting approaches to engaging students. And, you know, a tool like Zoom was a yes. game changer for them pre-pandemic even. Yeah. So you have students coming mm -hmm. in an hour and a half away um, and staying all day. And so could they do their advising right. via Zoom and stay at home and, uh, you know, provide care or have a, a job or whatever it is? Um, so, so really being mindful at scale across the state of Texas, at, yes, the, the main campus is in the Bryan College Station area, but we've got, we've got sites across the state and what do, what does that look like? It looks very different in, in yeah. different parts of the state. So keeping, keeping touch with that. So through our governance structures, I mean, we've, we've got our finger on the pulse across the state of Texas to ensure we're, we're serving the learners and all of their diverse needs. Um, in terms of some you know, hardcore operational pieces, one of the really neat things that we've done recently, and by recently, I mean in the last four weeks or so, sure. is we've just integrated a, a mental health button into Canvas. Neat. And um, so this is was driven by the students. The mm -hmm. student body president came to me in, in October 
of this past fall and said, you know, is this, is this something we can do? So we roll out a, a, a template across all about 20,000 course sections each semester. Mm -hmm. um, so there's, a, there's some consistency for the student experience in Canvas. And because we've done that now, subsequent semesters, um, the students came and said, you must have a way of enhancing this template where you can provide mental health resources to students. And it was, you know, there was nothing I've done in the past four years that was easier. Right. <laughs> and, it, you know, everybody, everybody could get around it. And it was really, I mean, it was tremendous. In the first two weeks of that button going live, we had about 10,000 hits from students. Interestingly, 200 of those were from the grade book. So Whoa. students were in Canvas in yeah. the grade book and realized they needed mental health support right. and, and bounce to that button. Um, so we're doing some more things. I mean, we've only had it in place about a month at this right. point and um, messaging and, and campaigns and syncing with Central Marcom mm -hmm. and task forces. I mean, obviously we're not the keepers of, of mental health in terms of what are best practices and, and, and where should the university be going at scale on that issue. But we support the system where at the end of the day, students spend most of their time. Right. And, and that's yep. why this ask came about. So um, continuing to demonstrate how the digital learning environment has relevance to the, the academic mission of the institution is, is a, a key piece. And the students drive that every day. They text me, they DM me, you know, they, they see what my colleague at Auburn is doing. Yeah. And I get a text and say, hey, why aren't we doing this with Gradescope? Here's the link to Auburn. And, uh, <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> my, my, my good friend, Asim, <laughs> I screenshot it. I'm like, Thanks for killing it on the, the bubble screen. Uh, not drums. for nothing, but Awesome and I had a podcast episode that we recorded yesterday. Yes. So <laughs> regular listeners. Yes. That's that's who she's talking about. So um, and you know, that's again where, where the peers come in. It's, yeah, yeah. it's I, I don't find this a competitive group. It's very collaborative yes. and um, and we want to do what's right by our students and we recognize that at land grant institutions we are serving a certain demographic who are at land grant institutions in the state of Texas and wouldn't be at Virginia Tech or yeah, University yeah, yeah. of Florida because they're in Texas. Yep. And so recognizing that, you know, we need to collectively serve these these students across the country with this, you know, same vision towards access. Affordability is another piece. Mm -hmm. That would be the third piece that I would mention in terms of operational approaches. Um, right now, you know, gain, gaining data, benchmarking from other institutions, but a significant mindfulness of what are the costs being passed along to students yeah. and um and how are what you know i think oftentimes they're they're good intentions by faculty to create efficiencies their their time is so finite and so yeah. precious and they're trying to create these efficiencies and what these efficiencies create are costs that are yeah. passed to students and and unbeknownst to them yeah well because it's interesting you bring this up because i think one of the pervasive themes that is coming through um the episodes that we're recording here at Upsia, a lot of the sessions that we're having, but then just broadly our industry right now is this idea of sort of empathetic business excellence. Mm -hmm. So there's a there's an understanding that business excellence has to be central to what we do. There's an understanding that we need to find efficiencies. We need to operate effectively. We need to find opportunities to cut costs and to reduce costs. But with the perception of improving that learner experience on the one hand and reducing learner costs on the other. And that it, it strikes me it's as tough. highly empathetic. Yeah, it's, it's tough. a tough line to walk. Absolutely. <laughs> because what we need to improve that learner experience is an upskill in talent. 
and yeah. it is expensive talent these yeah. days. Yeah, it's hard to hire. It's hard to hire in it's, general. It's hard to hire, but yeah. I think as as institutions, we we're so I mean, what we're focused on is packaging content and and branding it with our institutions in this upskill market that we're in and what we really need to have that same philosophy internally to our institutions to make sure our talent keeps pace uh with with the the, the talent yeah. gaps that we're serving particularly in the state of texas yeah um that's that's actually a, um, a big workforce initiative in texas it's called talent strong texas Interesting. So, yeah. there you go yeah. well so i'm curious you know as you start thinking about this evolution of the role of digital education. I mean, what what's it going to take to start making this kind of hybrid approach to, to learner engagement more of the norm than it is right now, where it's arguably the exception? Sure. I think it's a couple of things. One is happening, and I don't think we can deny that. We need the data. We need to be able to collect the data quicker. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's quick data, and it's, it's, it's data like, you know, another unit is invested investing in in course redesign how many of those courses are in campus oh all of them yeah 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 <laughs> so now we have we have really excellent data that we didn't even realize that links to another initiative another multi-million dollar initiative to to improve the student experience and mm -hmm. to improve student success so sowing the seeds among these investments and not seeing in, in silos the investment in the digital learning environment the investment in student success the Im investment in academic advising Bringing those groups, bringing those systems and those data together is key. Um, and the other piece is continuing to authentically listen to the students. The yeah. students know what they need and what they want. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we if they don't get it from us, they will go somewhere yes, else. Absolutely. And oftentimes they will go somewhere else that is, is more affordable and less less time. Yeah. Time, time of a time investment. Let me... Let's just pick on that a little bit more because that's a, it's a fascinating idea. And, you know, again, the concept of, of competition and, and the concept of, of consumers voting with their feet is something that we're we really believe in it in our publication. But at a land grant institution, at an, at an R1, very well respected land grant institution like Texas A&M, how aware are folks of the reality of that tendency to competition? Sure. I I think it's out there. Um, I, I don't, and, and I think it's something that drives the work we do. Yeah. Um, land grant institutions are, you know, uniquely positioned in each state. Yeah. Um, because we we don't necessarily have competition in the state. No, absolutely. And so, you know, really thinking about, and, and learners are so dynamic, as 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 Jim pointed out this morning. You yes. know, his personas. He's like, yeah. there's so much complexity yeah. to to the learners that that he's done an amazing job. Um, presenting and illustrating yes. to us that it's not you know it's it's not an either or it's not that they can't get what they want so they go somewhere else it's they're 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 so clever and students are so crafty yeah. and have such Ooh, great seasoned consumers they, you know yes. yeah and so if you know, if it's if it's not the degree, then they will they will seek out another experience because yeah. it, it comes back to the brand and the the affinity of the institution. And oftentimes, with these land grant institutions, there's a legacy too, a family yeah. legacy. Um, if not, if if not, you know, specifically, um, if they're first gen, there's an awareness of a, of what a legacy means. Mm -hmm. And so, 
um, I, I don't think we necessarily lose these students, but we need to be more tuned into their needs or, or you know, always tuned into their needs. I don't want to say more. Sure. There's, <laughs> there's a deficit um, because there are a whole lot of people doing so much good work in this space, particularly at a and yep. um, But I, I think it's, you know, you, you need that healthy competition. You need some of those, those pressure points to keep you moving, to keep you innovating and to keep you relevant. And I think relevance is, is the key at this point, particularly with land grant institutions. Um, where we what we offer is seeped in tradition Mm -hmm. and we have all sorts of interesting new ways of earning credentials and we call them credentials of value in the state of texas that we need to continue to challenge ourselves to to stay relevant in that conversation and not be an alternative yes no absolutely yeah i i it the nomenclature around our work it really does need some work uh, we have a tendency to define things by what they aren't. We have a tendency to define things as an alternative to the norm. Uh, and it's it's challenging, um, but critical, I think, in, in just in, in creating an environment that's maybe more equitable or maybe more understanding of, of where we are. Jocelyn, I, I so appreciate your time. Thank this you so much great. for joining. Now, before I let you go, if someone's going out to dinner in College Station, <laughs> where do they need to go? Well, I'll tell you, this is funny. My favorite restaurant, it, I think it's in the process of reopening. A oh, well, that's good timing. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm actually a vegetarian, and uh, my ace in the hole is Chicken Oil Company, which is the hamburger company, but they have the best veggie burger. Cool. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it opens back soon, but it's been kind of a, a, a long-standing establishment in the Bryan College Station area. And, um, that's fantastic awesome. Fantastic place. But yeah, whenever I want to have a, a private business meeting, I take people kind of throw them off their yeah, car. No kidding. <laughs> I wouldn't expect a lot. Oh, well, that's something. So yeah, <laughs> divulge my secrets, but fan- fantastic locally owned place. That's awesome. Jocelyn, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Same. Thank you so much. This podcast is made possible by a partnership between Modern Campus and The Evolution. The Modern Campus Engagement Platform powers solutions for non-traditional student management, web content management, catalog and curriculum management, student engagement and development, conversational text messaging, career pathways, and campus maps and virtual tours. The result? Innovative institutions can create learner-to-earner life cycle that engages modern learners for life, while providing modern administrators with the tools needed to streamline workflows and drive high efficiency. To learn more and to find out how to modernize your campus, visit moderncampus.com. That's moderncampus.com.